I am Dave Hill. I am the care pastor here at Harvest and also pastor of the Bearing Fruit Adult Class. So it's a uh, it's a blessing to be here this morning. Pastor Shelby's out of town, so uh, I'm covering for him. So I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. So I do have a question for you, and I probably have a few questions throughout the message. But do you believe that there's power in the name of Jesus? Uh, I'll ask that again. Do you believe that there's power in the name of Jesus? Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that Jesus was willing to pay the price on the cross for you and I. But you know, it all begins with forgiveness. Forgiveness is brokenness. Brokenness is a direct attribute of forgiveness. Here's my first point. When we allow ourselves to be broken, we can understand the virtues of biblical forgiveness. You see, biblical forgiveness becomes a part of our growing in Christ. Brokenness allows us to be able to understand that when we're hurt by others or when we hurt them, we understand what Jesus meant while he was dying on the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. I'm going to keep asking you that because I want some responses from you. Here at Harvest, we observe two ordinances. One, baptism by immersion. And today we are going to celebrate communion, the Lord's Supper as a church, because it is a constant reminder of Christ's death on Calvary's cross. You see, God provided this ordinance for us to have a means to keep us individually and as a church pure and separated from the world. What better way to identify with the broken body of Christ on the cross than to be broken in your spirit with forgiveness? When you and I identify with him in such a way, we can truly shout that there's power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that the song says, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Whatever is holding you back from being everything God would have you to be, trust him and get saved. Do it today. And if you already know him, start living for him. My second point is, don't let unforgiveness get in the way of you taking the Lord's Supper unworthily. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six to 27 says this, For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. So don't let unforgiveness cause you to take Communion unworthily. Worthiness is based on the examination of any unconfessed sin in your life as a believer. So let's take a moment and give this over to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that those who are here will submit their thoughts, their feelings, their disappointments, their sins to you before we take of this communion. Lord David said in Psalm 51, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, 
and renew a right spirit within me. Blot out my transgressions. Lord, in your death, we thank you. We praise your resurrection. We have your word and await your final coming. We give you thanks and we praise your name. We give it all to you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today, as we partake in the Lord's Supper, we should be reminded that it was Jesus Christ's sacrifice and allowing his body to be broken that gave us free will to choose him. We must never forget what he did for us. My next point is identifying with and remembering his broken body should drive us to make the necessary sacrifices to be free from the bondage of chains, the chains of addiction free from the chains of marital issues, free from the chains of family drama, and so on. You see, I believe that God wants us to fellowship in unity and in love, that we step away from our social, political, and personal persuasions and focus on the sacrifice that was made for us. As a unified body, we can bear one another's burdens. Our Lord wants us to bring our burdens to the cross and focus on the spiritual value of fellowship, of communion. Unworthily, that's a key word. You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul let the church at Corinth know that they were coming together for supper and not the Lord's Supper. They were bringing food and drink for a social event, that there was division among them with some being hungry and others drunken. Paul warns them in this manner, but he says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty. When you come together, therefore, into this place, this is not to eat of the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. And one is hungry and another is drunken. You see, as we partake of the communion table, we want to show the Lord our unity and that we love more than just ourselves, that we love and care for everyone, that our hearts yearn for those who have struggled to get through tough times. You know, Someone told me this morning that another one of our members passed away. And it's hard because we have a burden for all of our families who have lost loved ones. And we remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper and take the cup of communion, we praise God for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You see, forgiveness is this. You and I can be forgiven because God is merciful God is gracious. Forgiveness can be seen when Christ went to the cross and he allowed his body to be broken and shed his blood for you and for me. Ephesians 1.7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. You see, salvation is not something that we earn through good deeds or we bargain for in exchange for promising to improve. Lord, I'll just get better if you just save me. No, it doesn't work that way. How do we forgive? How do we receive this forgiveness? Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. We're told that through faith in Christ Jesus, we can obtain forgiveness of our sins through the blood that he shed for me. I will keep talking about the blood of Jesus Christ because it's that important. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 11, 28, 29, it says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily 
eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So at this time, we will go into our communion. Let us prepare our hearts and minds to join in this communion service. Let me remind you that some churches practice closed communion where not everyone can participate. Here at Harvest, we practice close communion where if you are saved and you identify with the church of like faith, please join us in the celebration of this Lord's Supper. If you have not received an element this morning, please raise your hand so that the deacons will be able to find you. First Corinthians eleven twenty three says, for I have received of the Lord that which I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We will take the bread first. So if you would take that element and begin to peel back the top for the unleavened bread and hold that and wait until I call for us to all eat together. You see, it takes the body of the Holy Spirit investing in our lives to break our body. This earthen vessel so that we can release our hearts and our minds to him and let him have our life and submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. It is when we totally submit to the awesome power of the name of Jesus Christ that we recognize and realize that God will let the glory. He will get that glory out of broken things. My next point. When we recognize that we are broken, we will be blessed. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians eleven twenty four says that when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So after the prayer, I will direct each of us to take up the unleavened bread together. Deacon Larry Alexander, would you come and lead us in prayer? Father, Lord, thank you for another opportunity for us to reconcile our lives with you. Let us pray that we Reconcile them with our brother and sister in Christ that we may have problem or trouble with, and uh, allow us to uh, live a life that's pleasing unto you, understanding and knowing that in true sincerity we need to make sure that we are reconciled unto you first and foremost, so that we can live eternally, uh, because that's what this life is truly all about. Spread this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Eat ye all of it. You will go ahead and peel back the juice. And wait for us to prompt you to partake of that. I challenge you today to examine your life. If there's any sins in your life, confess it to the Lord. Turn from it and follow him. So today we're experiencing worship and worthiness. A time of repentance and remembrance. I remember as a small kid, my dad was a preacher and didn't, that didn't qualify me to understand what communion was. I didn't know. I had no idea what it meant for Jesus shed blood on the cross. And it took a while for me to see that. I heard it on Sunday mornings. I heard him preach it. I heard different people preach it. You hear it in Sunday school, but you don't grab it until you truly surrender and said, Lord, you did this for me. Every single one in this room, he did it for you. For you and you and you. He didn't just single out, well, I'm only going to do this for the good ones. He did it for everyone. The people who you think don't deserve it, he did it for them. 
Because he wants a relationship with them. First Corinthians eleven twenty five says, and after the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, this cup is the new testament of my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this blood and drink this cup, you do show the death, Lord's death till he come. So after the prayer, I will direct you to take up the juice together. Deacon Mike Nicholas, please come and lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Lord, uh, even when we were in Stockton this past week, we were telling them about the blood of Christ, dear Lord, and how that at the cross is where we all must come to receive that gift. The little boy says, yes, we need blood to live in order to survive. And I was like, yes, that is true. But spiritually, too, we must have your blood, dear Lord. We must. It's the only way to have true life with you, dear Lord, is by accepting the shed blood. And though that blood was shed, it still gives life, dear Lord. And, And when we receive that gift... It's not just a gift, it's a treasure, dear Lord. It's much to be praised and to share and to give to others, dear Lord, of your riches, dear Lord. And so I pray that the church will be alive with the blood of Christ, dear Lord, and will realize the price that was paid. And we want to give you all the honor and glory, for it's through your grace we pray. Amen. Amen. Drink of all of it. You know... It's absolutely essential for us to realize the forgiving power of the blood of Jesus. Nothing we can do will ever add or take away from the work that Christ did on the cross. Here's my next point. One of the reasons why it's so hard to grasp the true forgiving power of Christ that he shed on for us is because it just seems too good to be true. We don't understand it. Wouldn't you agree? Because God's word is true, and it even tells us that through Christ we have his promises. The blood of Jesus was shed not only to forgive, but to remove sin. Jesus tells us in Matthew 26 that his blood is shed for many for the remission of sin. The word remission here is forgiveness, a pardon. Matthew 26, 28 says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. You know, there's an old hymn that we all sing. It says, there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all, all their guilty stains. And we're reminded in another song that they just thought, they just sang it, that Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. He washed it. White as snow. Maybe some of you have never heard of Corey Ten Boom, but she was a Holocaust survivor. And she said, forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless <clears throat> of the temperature of the heart. Unquote. When you and I view the person <coughs> or persons who have offended us as instruments of God. We won't become offended. And you're probably saying, well, wait, Dave, you don't know what they did to me. You don't understand. I do understand. Because Jesus Christ paid price. And nothing that they have done to you or you have done 
should you become offended? Because in Psalm 119, 165, it says, Great peace have they that love thy law and nothing. It didn't say some things. He says, nothing shall offend them. Well, I'm not saying that God told somebody to hurt you or told you to hurt someone. I'm saying that he allowed it to happen to you for a reason. One, to make you and I stronger. Two, to allow you to have the right to speak and help another person in what they're going through. How the hurt allows you to draw closer to God. Over 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the fountain was open in the wounded side of our dying Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. From that day unto now, there's a stream that's been flowing into which we can all make that plunge and receive remission of sins and eternal salvation. To accept the blood is to live. To reject the shed blood is to die. My question this morning to you is, what have you done with the blood of the shame lamb of God. You should know that today in heaven, there is a resurrected Christ. He's living who paid for the sins of the world on Calvary's cross, your sins and mine. And he's waiting to give life, to give peace, to give joy and to give victory so that anyone can have faith and drink from the fountain of living waters and live. He is our resurrected savior and he is the living water. He says, come and have your soul quenched. Here's my final point. Brokenness is where God strips us of our arrogancy. And we accept that we cannot make it on our own and that what we have is not enough. Brokenness is when God shows us our sin and our character, our failures and inadequacies. But it's also in brokenness that we realize his love. We realize his grace and we realize his mercy. Because when we realize this, then we will begin to understand that we are to live out the eternal purpose of God. And here's my key thought. Recognize that before anything can be built, something has to be broken. Jesus allowed his body to be broken so that you and I can begin to be built up in him. If you if you're planting a garden. And you need to put seeds. You just don't throw the seeds on the top of the ground. You have to break ground to produce that. Fruit, vegetables. If you're building a house, you just don't build it on top of ground. You, you have a foundation. You have to dig down. You have to break ground. You know, God can reclaim. He can recycle. And he can restore. And he can rebuild your broken life. So I want to give you an opportunity to say, you know what? I need to get right with God. Maybe some of you know the Lord as your personal Savior, but you've been struggling with some things and you're having a tough time forgiving others because of some of the things that have happened. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because no one explained it correctly to you. But we have all the tools here to share that with you so that you can live for him. So I invite you to accept Jesus, Jesus today. I invite you to take his forgiveness and share it with others, not your forgiveness. Because ours is flawed. All he wants us to do is be open and offer forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Some of you may be sitting here and you've been struggling because something happened in your life and you're having a tough time forgiving yourself. No, he died on the cross for you. You have not accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and you're not sure what it means to know him. I invite you to come forward after our prayer 
and speak to one of our altar counselors. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. If you don't know the Lord and you're not sure if you were saved, if you're not sure if you were to die, that you would go to heaven, please raise your hand. If you don't know for sure and you're struggling with that, you don't know where you're going to go, please raise your hand. Let me pray for you. And let me let if you would just repeat in your heart or quietly what I say in just a second, allow Jesus to come into your heart. The Bible says that if you would confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Just repeat after me, Lord, I accept this free gift of salvation. Lord, I'm a sinner and I need your grace. I want to grow in my spirit and learn more about you. I confess my sins to you. Lord, I know everything will not change overnight or instantly when I accept you, but I know that the Holy Spirit will help me grow. Come into my heart right now, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer, God is pleased. Welcome to the family of God. If you want someone to pray with you or if you'd like to join our church, I invite you to come forward. But I want to finish with this. There's power in the name of Jesus that will heal broken hearts. There's power in the name of Jesus that will bring your family together. There's power in the name of Jesus that will convict you to reconcile. That power in the name of Jesus will make you love your enemies. That power in the name of Jesus that will teach you how to forgive. When we allow ourselves to be broken, we're saying, yes, Lord. I love you, and I thank you for dying on the cross for me. We want to hear from you. We have some copies of Pastor Shelby's Next Step for New Believers up here. Pastor Shelby, will be, he'll be back next Sunday to continue his series on grace. But there's a song that says there's something about the name of Jesus. There's something about the name of Jesus. It's the sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love the name of Jesus. Oh, how I love the name of Jesus. It's the sweetest name I know. And after they sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The praise team will close us out.